0: So the the model starts with the constitutional structure of the genetics of the eye, the iris, and then how there are different types of constitutions, and these different constitutions are the constitutional type, which is the brown dot type, which is the analytical thinking type, then they're typically in a relationship with a different constitution So instead of seeing specific brown points, you're seeing open webs throughout the iris. Now, this is basically, in psychology, would be called the emotional type. And this is a thinking type, and then they're in a relationship. Then you have what's called the, um, you don't see the curved webs. You don't see the brown dots. You see straight lines fairly dense throughout the eye. That's called a kinesthetic type. And we'll go into describing these in great detail. You could talk about any one of these constitutions for an hour. But opposite this constitution is a, a partnership type relationship where it has at least one of each. It has an open web and it has a brown dot. And this is a an extremist type. The extremist type is uh, known as a kinetic communicator, a movement-oriented communicator, or sometimes they're involved in what we call action-oriented people. So you have a, a safe and secure type, very grounded in a relationship with a risk taker. You have a very emotional type in relationship to a mental type. These, by the way, this is true of relationships all over the world. This is not a fantasy. This is what we actually teach to you know, thousands of people. And this is utilized in the iris this way. Uh, the jewel is a this brown dot type here. They have the presence of brown spots throughout the iris. Then you have the flower type, which is the open webbed, petalled type. Then you have the stream type, which is the intuitive kinesthetic. Then you have what we call the shaker type, which is the communication through action or movement. Now, in physics, these are four different energies that make up physics: electro, joule. It's a constrictive force. Uh, magnetic flower, which is an emanating force. Then you have stream which is a binding, cohesive force. And then you have what's sometimes called just force, or sometimes now they call it dark matter. There's some other mysterious force. So these are the four forces of physics.
1: Okay, so when you were saying that, say, the the jewel type would be in relationship with the flower type, is that, like... The majority of the time do those two people seek each other out or could the
0: 95 percent of the time they'll automatically be drawn to that and it's very rare when they don't okay. and when they don't it's typically because of uh, ancestral or childhood damages where they're not seeking out their opposite because it's too painful
1: but um i guess i'm wondering um In terms of like a long-lasting relationship, I heard you weren't supposed to seek your opposite because each person needs to be whole in themselves as opposed to seeking out what they don't have in another person.
0: This is entirely true when it comes to how to build the energy. So if you have this constitutional type, the way you're going to build energy inside yourself is to honor that type Mm -hmm. and then do your opposite. So, once we get the understanding of the physics, we'll describe why relationships are are attracted to each other because they are actually naturally capable of triggering all of the unresolved emotions. So if you look at this type here, every wavy um, variation in the constitution is actually an unresolved genetic feeling. So every one of these slight movements in every one of these places shows an irregularity of fluidity of feelings, frozen memories. These frozen constitutional memories, they are typically ancestral in nature. Now this is pretty much proven that these are epigenetic markers in the iris. Now, uh, constitutionally, These four opposites have completely different languages of communication. And now we're only describing four out of 12, because there will be a combination, for example, of these two. There'll be a combination of these two, the top two, a combination of these two, the side two, and the bottom two. There are combinations and there are varying degrees of proportion. But these are automatic relationship. Then they relate to auditory type or visual type, postural communication, nonverbal type, or people who communicate primarily with action and or movement.
1: Can I ask a question? Of course. Um, does your iris ever change throughout your life, or is it the same your whole life?
0: Um, we have photographic evidence of infants. I've photographed newborn babies literally within minutes. And we have uh, different constitutions that are available immediately that are there. The flower-like constitution where you see white fibers in the iris, that's there, never changes. We've not ever photographed a single fiber moving. It's more like a fingerprint. It's very, very long-term We've never photographed it move. With the kinesthetic type, you cannot even see a constitution sometimes for a month or up to three months. Then you start to see the constitution form. Mm -hmm. We never once photographed a brown dot in a child under the age of 18 months. Hmm. Then, after 18 months, we photographed them arriving and filling in until approximately age of 10 or 12. After age 10 or 12, we've never photographed a single brown dot go away or a single web move or change. There are some incidences where you can dilate the pupil and make that flower pattern get bigger or smaller. If you constrict the pupil, it straightens out the fibers. If you dilate the pupil with less light, it makes the pattern bigger. So we photographed uh, thousands of of people from childhood all the way through 40 years to see what actually changes, and it's essentially a long-term constitutional fingerprint. That's now well understood to be a single pathway that a person in the family tree comes in. So now we know that if you're a number one son, you take on the epigenetic line of one particular branch of the mother's family. If you're a second son, you have two boys, I think it was?
1: I actually have a boy and a girl.
0: So the second child takes on a different epigenetic line. Boy came first? Yes. So the boy takes on the mother's side of the family and the mother's father's line and the mother's father's father. The girl takes on two lines from the father's family. So we know that the emotional content of the second behind a boy first takes on certain emotional dynamics from the father's side, from the father's father, and then takes on mental dynamics from the father's mother. So that then now helps us understand from which grandparent or great-grandparent Did they receive the majority of the constitution of their iris? So this determines not only the personality content, but oftentimes the body type and other biochemical factors, glycerides, insulin resistance. So it's a long-term composite. Then this is the theory of the containment of the constitutional vessel and we've uh, photographed uh, many thousands of times uh, family structures, man and woman, gay relationship. And then we do wall maps of generations of children. And pretty much regardless of whether it's the, the upper Amazon or, or it's you know Sweden or China, these patterns are very consistent. So now that we look at it, we find out that there's a dynamic that's uh, present inside the the human being. This uh, dynamic is a series of seven primary polarities. These polarities are directly related to what the grandparents have contributed to the individual. So part of the process is in order for us to achieve this Uh, if you will, lift off, it's necessary that each individual become aware of their constitutional type and then become self-responsible for processing and building, processing the emotional content they have and for building the life force threshold inside themselves. Now, in doing this, This leads to a um, paradigm that we call the protocol. So first there is the assessment, the evaluation. Okay. Yes. So the principle is um, by utilizing the evaluation of the iris in combination with their birth order phenomena and their body type phenomena, it helps us to understand um, what is the primary instrument that they have as a personality What is the primary instrument they have as their natural abilities? And we try to utilize the natural ability of the person and then augment that with their self-learned opposite. So if somebody is naturally analytical, we engage them in exercises that are primarily emotional. If somebody is intrinsically emotional, we give them exercises that are primarily about concentration and focus. So we utilize the individual constitution, and then we uh, compare that in the dynamics of the relationship, and you'll usually find the opposite relationship attraction, and they are there because of the composite resistance that each one of them has. So you're only going to be attracted to somebody who is equally as difficult you know, with their mother as you might be with your father. So we measure these polarities by a series of factors. We measure it in the um, structure of the half moons at the base of the thumbnail. Like if you put your two thumbs together, you can look at the half moons at the base of your thumbnail, and you'll probably see that your uh, left one is significantly higher or more pointed than your right one.
1: Yes,
0: is that true for everybody? No. All this does is show where your current polarity is between both sides of your family and both sides of the brain or both sides of the energy. So we do that. We measure the thumbs. We measure the shape of the face, the, the eyes, and the content. So we come up with a um, fairly precise inventory of where somebody currently is and what they're resistant to then there has to be a series once the evaluation is there is how do you pump life force into a person so now we do this therapeutically when we have clients because we start to articulate methods by which they can become more capable of self-healing So we have a strategy for how to increase the life force in a particular constitutional structure. Then that goes into a system that we call the protocol. So what do you do and how do you do it? The protocol is a um, a universal strategy for how you handle emotional content, which means... That any time you feel an emotional trigger, however small or however larger, if you feel triggered by something around you, there is a strategy for how to receive that trigger more accurately and fluidly, because most people have a tendency to be triggered by something which is a sensory incoming data, sight, sound, smell, taste, memory of something. That trigger comes in most people have a tendency to push it out we're saying that when you are triggered by something you take that triggered emotion and you channel it into the body and literally follow a particular circuitry that we train so that you can become uh, more responsible for the feeling that you're having because if you're triggered by a feeling The goal is is that you would be 100% responsible for every feeling that you're having, regardless of how it arrives. So if somebody starts to willingly wish to increase their life force, they're engaging in something that we, uh, part of the protocol, is a sincere desire to want to increase one's life force which is the sincere desire to want to feel. So for us, the uh, primary dynamic is the ongoing increase of the desire to feel sets in motion an increase of life force that automatically begins to attract individual circumstances unique to that person to trigger a cascade of a sequence Of emotions and events necessary for them to process in order for the uh, energy to keep growing most people if they start to grow they hit a boundary and they stop they start to grow they hit a boundary and they stop so in this case if you hit a boundary we're showing you how to take that feeling inside and follow the circuitry into the body and then orient a um, a new future reaction to that emotional attraction so the new future reaction to every one of these incoming sensory triggers is going to be a natural desire to want to know the truth about this particular feeling now this requires a degree of the willingness to experiment to say if I'm triggered by something on the television, it might be a politician, it might be a religious minister, it might be something else. If I'm triggered, then I will now take that inside and I will now emotionally encourage the development of a sincere desire to know the truth about why this particular phenomenon, of this person or this situation is triggering me. So I no longer blame every situation around me. I now accept the responsibility that I'm actually generating all the social content in my life. I'm generating my body chemistry. I'm generating my posture. So I'm generating my relationship attractions. I'm generating my memory. I'm generating all future increase in what I soon wish to be. So if I wish to be healthy, or I wish to be happy, or I desire to want to grow for whatever purpose yet, then every time I do that, it automatically attracts something to me. Now, this is part of the protocol, then the protocol leads into, okay, to accelerate this content... I'm going to combine that with the feelings that are naturally existing in nature, which means I'm going to, if I'm not having a triggered moment, I'm sitting here, it's now uh, 2 p.m. outside, and I have a, a, a chart and a graphic that tells me that there is a natural flow of energy between two and four, which is different than 12 to two, which is different than four to six which is different than midnight to 2 a.m., that there's something occurring between 12 and 2 that I can practice feeling. That any time I practice distinguishing individual feelings in nature corresponding to time, it actually will increase my sensitivity. And if I continue to do that in the next two-hour set, it links the two to four to four to six. So if I practice it in one two-hour set, then I practice it in another two-hour set, it creates a continuation. If I practice that in three two-hour sets, it will last another four hours at least. But if I miss a two-hour increment out of that three sets of two, it starts to drop out. Well, what this is, the goal is, is to practice this every day of the month for a season. So if I practice a sincere desire to want to increase the life force within myself, and I do that periodically, as often as I can remember, every two hours, it actually produces a long-term kinesthetic memory that after three months is locked in. So if I have a sincere desire to want to grow, and I do that for one season, then I connect that season to the next season. I continue to do that from spring into summer, and then summer into autumn. I've now connected the same process with the hours of the day, the months of the season, and the seasons of the year. Now, this is a a way to accelerate the amount of life force available to the human body and to the feeling mechanism and the mind. Now, the result of that is it automatically triggers these different places in my family tree to come to me. So if my great-grandmother, my mother's mother's mother, had a particular epigenetic Stressful memory, like maybe she was in the Civil War, for example, if it were my mother's mother's mother, she was in the American Civil War, had all kinds of trauma and so on. Now, if that memory is inside me, it affects a particular location that you can see where this is. Now, if I start to increase my life force and she has an epigenetic trigger somebody in the society around me will come to me to trigger that exact emotion inside me. Mm-hmm. So when they come to me, I will have a tendency to want to blame them. You're the cause for me feeling like this. When in reality, what I need to do is to come inside and feel this epigenetic crystal and decide to mobilize its frozen content. Cause it's a frozen memory genetically an epigenetic crystal is a crystallized frozen memory. Now, those memories are often repeated in childhood so that we have frozen memory by the hundreds in childhood, more like thousands, where we eventually have to reaccess all the frozen memories of our childhood. And every time we start to do that, someone will come to trigger that emotional content. If it's about sex or money, it's in one location. If it's about friendship or betrayal, it's in another location. If it's about the animal kingdom, if it's about religion, it's in another location. So there's a constant laundering going on all the time. Now, one part of this is the constant laundering, and that's called the protocol. Another part of this is the intentional increase of the life force that's associated with the four different postures. These four different postures are associated with the four different iris constitutions. So if I do posturally with my free will, a posture that corresponds to the shaker movement one, the accelerant one, Then I do another one, which is primarily of an emotional content. And I do another one straight down, which is of a kinesthetic content. And I follow that by one, which is more of a a focused jewel content. I've now intentionally set in motion four different energies in my energy field, all within a matter of 30 seconds to three minutes. Now, if I do that, In combination with the time of the day and the season of the year, it rapidly starts to accelerate the life force available inside me.
1: Okay. And how long does it take to do the
0: postures? As little as 15 seconds, as long as three minutes. Um, We typically say, look, you can do three to five seconds in four locations. Mm hmm And you do them sequentially, and without realizing it, when you did this one for three to five seconds, it's moving. It's moving the energetic or etheric body. Then when you do the second one with intention and awareness for why you're doing it, it now moves. You do the third one, it moves. You do the fourth one, it moves. Now you have all four of them moving. Now, if you do that every two hours, or if you really want to do it every hour, it accelerates the, these four energies as composites inside your energy field. Yeah. Postures are, this is basically, I can show you, I'll show you a graphic in a moment. These are all very precise. There are precise angles of 22 or 23 degrees in mm-hmm. each location, including the wrist and the thumb location. So there's 23 degrees and the feeling is, the focus is upward, but the feeling is coming downward. Mm -hmm. So my focus here, and there's instructions about the variability about what you want to do when you're there. So the Mm -hmm. variability is your personal choice. What we recommend is your personal belief system about the divine. So whatever that is for you, could be anything or nothing, doesn't matter. It's your personal choice about how does this feel that you sincerely desire to want to receive. And this is an alignment through the spinal cord and the head is tilted upward at 23 degrees. So it's an upward movement. The 23 degrees has to do with the uh, orbit of the North Star function that we're always circulating this North Star function. So that's posture number one. Now, each of these postures, by the way, is fully described in a series of videos. So anybody like, for example, we have a group of uh, people who are doing this now every day. This is the first one. Then the second one comes down follows follows um, an inverted triangle downward. Now, this one is right at the heart level. And this one relates to the social dynamics you have in life. It relates to your social personal dynamics with all other people, yourself, your family, your community, your country, your race, your economic class, your religious class. This is, a, this is how you feel emotionally as it relates to all other human beings. The third one, which is more downward at 23 degrees, which is a triangle that comes up above the heart, the triangle from uh, above comes below the heart, the triangle from below comes above the heart, and this is where this third posture is, and that's the relationship to all things in nature, mineral kingdom, plant kingdom, animal kingdom, that's all related to all the elements of life in the physical world. And that's my personal responsibility, biochemical, vibrational, how I feel about trees and grass and stars and planets. And that's now, even though it's downward, the energy's upward. This is me now embodying the flow of all matter originally started as starlight. All matter was originally a star at one time or another, It exploded, crystallized, produced the phenomenon that we know as a planet. It produced all matter on Earth and so on and so on. Everything that exists in nature originally existed as light. So that is the periodic table of chemistry, where the density of the lightest molecules versus the density of the heaviest molecules, those are the things that are the building blocks of compounds and All forms of nature and health all of that comes up to a smaller circle which is now the individualization of yourself existing within this field so the individualization of self as the authentic self that it was originally designed to be by divine intelligence So now there are stages of this that we recommend that people look at as they're going through it. But this is how to uh, build the desire to want to know the truth about who I am as it was originally created through inspiration for when my soul was created. Now, some people don't want to deal with soul or spirit or God. So we just say, the sincere desire to be who you are in truth, to be what I am, and then to function at my highest capacity. That's what this one is. So okay. first, those, those are the four energies. Now that's vibrating my etheric vibrational body. Now, if I do that every two hours, while the angle of the sun is changing, And I do that right before I go to bed. And first thing I do in the morning, it will pass through the night. And if I continue to do this at 5 in the morning and 6 in the morning and 7 in the morning, then I'm going to catch the increasing ascending day length called sunrise. And I'm going to relate that to specific parts of my family tree that relate to fire. And you
1: don't... Sorry, you don't have to do it outside. You you could be inside no, and you could. You see. don't
0: have to do it outside. I highly recommend that when you can that you do. Because it's much nicer outside, even barefoot, and the wind storms or the snowstorms are wonderful. But I do. You can even do it if you need to, sitting down like this, like I just did. Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Do you do you do it every two hours?
0: Um, I do it about every hour.
1: Every hour. And have you found that um, it's actually, have, have you ever had the experience that it's healed you of some sort of physical ailment?
0: I've had um, numerous other exercises I've been doing. The difference with this one is, this one is designed to be used in a group, meaning that there is a group of 33 people from 11 countries all simultaneously engaged in the postures with the knowledge of and the picture of and the names of the other 32. And um, their only output to those people is inspiration. So the other 32 people are designed to send inspiration to me. I'm designed to send inspiration to all 32. And then sometimes I pick one or two at any one time remember them specifically and then I rotate through the group at different times and this is designed to help them feel the sense of support from other people Mm -hmm. but it's also designed to um, globalize the content Mm -hmm. to globalize the content is different than having a community-based group or a smaller group called family that larger diameters take on a a different parameter of energy and make a different content available. So Mm -hmm. for example, the content available on a global level is uh, compassion for all living things, which Mm -hmm. does not require that you see it all or touch it all or hear it all. There is an emotional desire to want to harmonize with, appreciate, have gratitude for and some sense of compassionate support for all living things.
1: Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Now that's available on a global level. It's available on a private level. Yes. It's available in a community service level as a practitioner or therapist of some kind. But this is a, this is an experiment that we just started in December of going nine months with this one group. Mm -hmm. And I've never done it intentionally with a group of 33 people before. And I've explained that this is an experiment. I don't know what's going to happen to me or to you or anyone else. If you want to participate in this experiment, you can sign up. So we have a place where people have signed up. The group is closed now, so it's only that group of 33. Mm-hmm. And that we're engaged in periodically reporting to each other what we're feeling,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what we're going through. And the the caveat is when you start to do it on this level, it accelerates the law of attraction events. That means as your energy starts to expand, it will automatically trigger social personal situations and sometimes physical symptoms to help you resolve stuck energy within the body or the mind.
1: Have you felt the energy from the other people?
0: I don't specifically feel it from them, but I am noticeably more um, energized by my presence in nature. I'm uh, more enthusiastic about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I'm optimistic about what comes next. So we've only been doing this about 10 uh, weeks. This is the third month of the winter season. Mm -hmm. And then there is a special uh, opportunity on the equinox that comes at March 21st. Okay. It goes into a second set of three months as the day length and the warmth continues to increase. Okay. So then that group will continue until September. And and after that, we will apprise and say, well, how are you doing? So part of this group are uh, several doctors involved. And uh, we're making the measurements of eye eye glass prescriptions. We're making Mm -hmm. measurements of blood chemistry. Mm -hmm. And we're um, seeing what the effect is after nine months. I'm pretty confident that after nine months to 12 months, we would have more significant physical changes. The goal is to to theoretically predict and to be able to replicate changes in well being or health.
1: Right. Did Did you um, create the actual physical postures? Yes. I'm just wondering. Um, I'm just wondering if the same study had been done using postures from yoga if similar results would be found
0: i don't know i have a lot of respect for yoga qigong tai chi i've done them varying times myself but the sequential flow of yoga postures is designed to do pretty much the same thing but the difference is there is an emotional intention about why we're doing this which is different than just doing yoga postures Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: doing yoga postures for the emotional content to increase life force for the benefit of others is a different way to do yoga right so this is designed to be relatively simple something that somebody can do in 15 seconds and go on with their day okay it's designed to be as simple as possible But then the the preparation or the warning that when you start to do that, there will come right away cascades of feelings. So one might be frustration, uh, tiredness, numbness, all kinds of things will arrive. So we say, Mm. no matter what the feeling is you're feeling now, protocol it. Go ahead and uh, flow with it let me show you one of the diagrams that that I recommend. So what we do is describe that the um, human being has three different fields of energy, body, obviously, mental body called many different things, spirit, body, aura, energy field, chi, prana, whatever you want to call it. There's an energy field around the body But then there is a larger container of energy that contains all of it. That last larger container, like a skin, is the soul. So we basically say there are three levels, soul, mind, and body. So the goal in this is to um, deal with the unresolved emotional memory in the soul. That unresolved emotional memory was either acquired genetically, put there in conception and early childhood, or put there by me. After the age of seven, the only way it's moved out in most cases is by personal responsibility. So whatever I have received or created, it is now 100% my responsibility to move it. So in order to move it, I have to have a sincere desire to discover what I've always been denying. People don't realize that they've been denying pain from their childhood and keeping it hidden. Mm -hmm. So if I have a sincere desire to expand the energy of my field, and I start to do exercises designed to expand it, it's going to come into contact with these very thread-like energies. By the way, I've seen them so I don't have doubt about their existence. I've seen the spirit body and I've had experiences about it. This just is the best graphic I've found to display it. So we have memories like threads all the way through our spirit body that are linked in through our meridian structure and they interface in the physical body through a a series of dynamic orbits. These orbits are related to glands and organs and body systems. Now these orbits are related to the interface between two sides of the family, father's family and mother's family. So these two sides of mother and father's family also has mother and father and mother and father. So my great grandparents and my grandparents they make up the conductivity of the life force inside of me. Now, if I start to mobilize energy and one of them is stuck, somebody will come along to give me the emotion of the place that is stuck. So what we say is rather than to send it back, take it in an arc, which is literally about the eyebrow to your right, I'll give it from my perspective, about 23 degrees, the right. I take that current trigger in through the top of my head, bring it down to my heart, and on the way in, I ask, show me the truth about this feeling, and every feeling like this I've ever denied. Now, what you're asking is, depending upon your belief system, you're asking your guide, you're asking your higher consciousness you're asking the divine, whatever your current willingness is to ask, the sincere desire to know the truth about this symptom, this reaction, this emotional moment, sets up a a new pathway. The old pathway is held by my will and my memory. So if I have a triggered response to my mother in childhood, It just keeps repeating the same pattern for my entire life. It will not go away until I have the sincere desire to want to know and experience that feeling. That's held in my will. That will now uses that to build my symptoms in my body, my posture, my body chemistry. And it will not go away until I choose to be responsible for its existence. So if I am starting to grow and I start to encounter this resistance, there will be moments where there are emotional triggers about this, or I might just be tired for days. I might feel numb, I might feel nauseous, I might feel frustrated, I might feel depressed or sad. But if I say I'm having sadness, Show me the truth about this feeling and every feeling like this I've ever denied. And you keep using this, and then ideally you keep asking every two hours. Show me the truth about this feeling. And every feeling like this I'm still denying. And then another one will come, then another one will come, then another one will come. And then they start out small, and then they gradually get bigger. But the instrumentality of accepting the responsibility and circulating it will give you the ability to pass through it in minutes rather than days. Hmm. So, for example, if you have a significant argument with your mate, sometimes these arguments, they don't go away for days. And sometimes they don't go away. They just have this thing. But if I accept that all of the emotion going on inside of me didn't come from you, it comes from inside me. So if I'm angry or frustrated or whatever I am about you, I accept the responsibility that all of the feelings I'm feeling are housed inside my own soul. And you're actually bringing me the opportunity to feel it. That's why we're together. Now if I do that, and I do that on a regular basis, four days of of polarized difficulty, stagnation, and pain can can go away in a matter of hours or less.
1: When you say go away, you're saying that uh, if the person just feels the feeling, then it will go away, or is there something else the person has to do to get rid of it?
0: Well, the first thing that a person has done is they've accepted the responsibility to feel it, to discover it, and ultimately to circulate it. Mm -hmm. The energy is a frozen memory. But the importance of is that the memory of the event that created it will always remain. You'll never forget a memory of something in childhood. In fact, you'll remember more. But the emotional charge of that event now is liberated, but instead of getting rid of it, you use it to build your will for more truth. So you literally take the content of emotional reaction, liberate it, and circulate it into the increase of your will. Now, ideally, we say there is a single line to go towards. And that would be the sincere desire to know the truth and then to live that truth according to the divine design. And that requires a bit of time to get to that level sometimes. So if I'm having a triggered reaction, I take it in, I feel it. It's not at all about the person who just did something that triggered me. They only brought what I had inside of me. But when I feel it, now the circulation of that feeling is available to be redirected into a new direction. That's a future-oriented direction. That future-oriented direction to me is faith. Faith would be a sincere desire to live in the present as if it is the future. So why I'm doing this is a faith-based desire to become more responsible for the existence of my soul as it was originally designed. Now that requires a bit of time to even consider the possibility of that, because the very first part I'm doing is show me the truth about this. Show me the truth about this. Building a desire to want to know the truth about all of the feelings that my soul still contains. Mm -hmm. Later on, it leads past the place that's mandatory and leads into a series of opportunities. For example, we're not required to love anyone. It's an opportunity. It's never mandated that you will love someone. It only exists as an opportunity. So then we, we practice that opportunity to love by a desire to want to give and receive the discovery of love with other people. And sometimes that's called friendship. And mm-hmm. there's another one above that called compassion and so on and so on that the higher attributes are uh, voluntary by nature. The lower ones, you're going to get them whether you like it or not. If your false belief systems are willfully engaged in violating the presence of other people, but you're ignorant of it, it's just gonna keep coming until you're crushed. Something has to break. That's a mandatory requirement because if somebody is willfully doing something that's violating the integrity of themselves, their family, or the community, it's going to gather the unresolved pain of that, and the pain will keep coming until it produces symptoms. So physical symptoms, emotional symptoms are the result of denial. So the protocol is how do you handle a strategy of all incoming and outbound emotions? Because later on, you're given the option to express an outbound emotion that you wouldn't commonly choose to express, which is inspiration for somebody else, a living person somewhere else in the world, some sense of compassion or caring for actual living people, not the concept.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you get introduced, if you wish, to somebody in Costa Rica, somebody in Australia who's doing the same thing in the group at the same time as you. Mm-hmm. There is no requirement to communicate or to respond, but you can post things or send people notices. So you're given the opportunity to give and receive with strangers. hmm who, who most of whom have been doing this type of process for a long time. In this group of 33, half of them have been practicing uh, these principles for 20 years or more. Oh, wow. Half of them are, are brand new. Okay. So this is the first time they've done postures. Okay. So this is their toll, because normally what I've done in the past is I experiment on things myself until I notice I'm having a result. I practice something for a year, and then I present it to a group. And these are groups of friends in various countries, and then they start to experiment with it where they can confirm that the iris works, the birth order works. This mm-hmm. approach works or doesn't work, or they explain something like that. So okay. this, is, this is an effort rather than lead something to be simultaneously involved in something in a group. I can't do a group by myself. Right. So this is designed to be an intentional group.